<laughs> well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to our next episode of Up for, for Discussion. discussion. <laughs> and uh, we're excited about sharing with you today. It's been a couple weeks. We took, we didn't take a couple weeks off, but there was a reason. And uh, But it was good to be able to get Susie and uh, Cameron Uri on those back-to-back -back weeks from uh, something we had we had just done as well. And so we've heard you all have been blessed by them. They're amazing people doing an amazing work. So, you know, what we want to start with today is, you know, it's a regular thing for those who don't know. On Mondays in general, I'm on Elijah Streams, even though it's Rumble only or maybe Facebook or something else as well. And there is a, a, a getting of my perspective, a prophetic perspective on where we're at. And that's kind of where the program starts. So I thought it would be good today. We get that prophetic perspective, or we might say just spiritual perspective. Um, or in Elizabeth's case, it could be prophetic, spiritual perspective, spiritual mom perspective. And um, of where do you see we're at? What's going on? How are you processing things? How can you help us process things? What is the Holy Spirit telling you in this time is the priority for processing things, how to do it? I always think of that funny um, thing that you described from when you were younger and some man in one of the meetings that you were in, you have to know about the church situation he was raised in, but it was pretty dysfunctional, some aspects of it. And this one man was giving a prophetic word. Do you know where I'm going with this? I'm not sure for sure, but I, I missed it. <laughs> and he said, thus saith the Lord, it's a scary world and I'm scared too. <laughs> That's yes. not what you're going to hear today. Yeah, I was, I thought you might uh, state that uh, situation and I uh, <laughs> thought might be that, where, where are you going? And uh, that's, uh, yeah, that probably wouldn't minister a whole lot to everyone to, to hear that. So, But what made me think of it, it is a scary world right now. I'm not scared. I refuse to have, um, to partner with fear. And I will be honest, though, it is a daily battle. Like we are in such an intense battle in the spirit right now. And um yet I feel very encouraged. Mm -hmm. I feel very hopeful and excited about the future. I think my strongest um, negative emotion that I feel right now is impatience. And perhaps would you say maybe impatience connected with disorientation as far as a little yes. bit? Yes. What exactly is going on? Yeah. I think you probably have that more than fear. Where We recognize that many are being buffeted by fear, but it's like disorientation that goes with the patience yeah the patience part of it but yeah and when you're disoriented it's hard to it's hard to engage your heart it's it's more difficult to feel connected to what you know you're supposed to be connected to or you want to feel connected to it can happen in in your relationships and the natural it can happen in your relationship with god um and you know we're the most comfortable when we are the most familiar with something or someone. 
And there's just very little right now going on in the world that we're familiar with. And we've said this so many times. We have not been this way before. Yeah, as it says in Joshua, as they're going to the promised land, it's like, uh, you know, you're going to go 200 yards, cubits behind the ark because you have not been this way before. And yeah, there's a lot of that going on. There is. And, and yet there is a sense when you dig down deep and you really get still on the inside and you quiet all the other narratives that are swirling around, there is a sense that... Um, God really is doing something absolutely amazing, historic, and sure. we are going to know what it is in time. We are, and it's going to be clear and things will be in the light. So meanwhile, I've been um, reflecting on a few things. One is, um, as some of you may know, I'm doing a daily Monday through Friday devotional called Choose Love. Last year, I did it on video yeah. every morning. and um, Meaning you had to, you know, not just look like you just came out of bed. <laughs> it's true, although some mornings I did. Um, and, you know, you can go back and watch any of those. I, I think there's some encouragement in there for you, honestly, definitely, and definitely. Some, some teaching that I did. But this year I switched gears and it's all audio only. I try to do them shorter, you know, anywhere from they've ended up being around 10 minutes average, I would say. But this week I'm going a little longer because I, I felt like the Lord said, right now I want you, and I, I try to minister out of where I am personally. And he said, I want you to reorient mm -hmm. your heart to my truth and mm. my narrative. I mean, he, it, we say my truth. It, he is the truth and he has the truth and it's the only truth. Mm. <laughs> there is no other truth besides apart right. from him. And he said, I want you to reorient. And and he, you know, spoken to that place in my heart. Um, let me give just a little background. So last weekend, Johnny and I went with mm. some of our team to an event here in Nashville called um, Road to Majority, put on, hosted by the Faith and Freedom Coalition. Ralph Reed is the founder of that. Yeah. And um, we've gone, the last several years, we've been invited by our, our main contact, Nielsa Alvarez, who you might have met through us in, in past um, you know broadcasts that we've done. She is very involved in the Hispanic community and Hispanic vote, but just even in general, um, in, in government. In fact, yeah. she has a great course that's available. But Nielsa has helped us connect to Faith and Freedom Coalition. Last year, Johnny was on a panel in the, um, what do you call it, the side, the breakout uh, session. Yeah, there we go. This year, get this. I'm just so proud of Mr. Wonderful here. Oh, wow. This year, he actually shared the main stage with the one and only President Trump. And not on the same time, yeah. not no. on the same day, the next day, but it was the same stage at the same event. He was my warm-up act, yes. <laughs> in um, Two hours and 12 minutes uh, or two hours and 15 minutes, he was in warm-up act, and uh, we were there a few minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he amazing? Like, it was the, an honor of a lifetime to get to hear him speak live. I was just the strength, tearing up. Yeah. How did you feel when he showed up on stage and listening to him that whole time? Well, it was quite amazing because he just, uh, he just, you know, he nonstop 
two hours, like I said, 15 minutes, issue after issue after issue, very in-depth, familiar with them, and the strength of resolve was there. Um, I think that everybody could pick up on you, somebody that just turned 76 years old. So that was, um, that was, that was pretty good. Yeah, it was, it was quite a, quite a highlight of, of our time there at Faith and Freedom. I will say that he doesn't seem worried. I mean, he speaks reality, but he doesn't seem worried. And that, that was encouraging. There's still that steady aspect to who he is. And I think that's a true leader, honestly. Um, and he went out, played golf here in town. We won't say where, but we had friends that got pictures of it. So yeah, um, that's pretty cool. I'm sure that was not really a sign of a lot of worry either. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, you know, you can tell that he he's very connected to everything that's going on. He is still very, um, very intentional with his leadership in this time. And so it was just good to hear from him and see him live and in person. That was just very historic for, for us, I would say. And so my point with all that, are we going to say something else? Well, just um, not to get you back on point, but that was interesting. I was noticing because we hadn't talked that through at all to start with the word reorient that the Lord had you this week reorient. And I was just saying perhaps more than fear, it's disorientation. So how do you deal with disorientation is reorient yourself. So I'm already picking up on, well, that is a wonderful direction the Lord's given you for the week, but go, if if that picks you back up where you were, or you can keep commenting on faith and freedom. So at faith and freedom, it was great to hear from so many different speakers, some, you know, rhinos mixed in there. Um, yes. But overall, there was this steady, um, you know, dialogue about the difficult things that are happening right now. And it felt like, um, you know, they would try to end every speaker would try to end in a very hopeful place. But it, it was hard to just hear over and over and over again what a mess we're in and detail of each issue that the mess is there and the evil that's there and the agenda. It's refreshing to hear people in places of influence speak the truth clearly about what's actually happening, um, but it, it can wear on you. That That's my point is that we're hearing that to the degree that you are listening to the narrative that's out there. Even if you're listening to, you know, good sources and truth, it can really disconnect your heart from you're hearing facts outside of the Mm -hmm. context of truth. Mm -hmm. And the truth is um, that there is a God whose kingdom is more powerful than any other kingdom in the earth. Any other lesser way that we are trying to do things and fix things, he has the solutions and he actually cares and he has a plan. And we know that his plans for us are for a future and a hope and not for evil, but for good. And so those, that's, that's the truth. That's the bigger picture that the facts fit into. And so he just told me this week with um, with Choose Love each morning to use that time to reorient my heart to who he is for us in each of these areas of culture. Now, if you've never read Rainbow God, this is one of um, Johnny's and my books that we wrote together, Rainbow God, The Seven Colors of Love. This is not available. It is 
out of print. <laughs> we're we're needing to um, get some more in. But meanwhile, there is a PDF version available on restore7.org. So if you don't mind reading on your Kindle, you can do that or whatever online ways you like to read. Or if you're Portuguese, we I don't know if we have any copies here. <laughs> I know it was translated in Brazil. It's in several languages, but those are only available in PDF also. Also, yeah, Spanish, but Portuguese, maybe German. But yeah. I don't know if you remember, Korean. we both recorded this in our sound booth and we have it available on audio. Oh, that's right. So if you're traveling or driving around or, you know, laying out at the pool, whatever you're doing that you can put your earbuds in and listen, we actually did our own audio um, version of this book. And I think it turned out really, really good. We've gotten great feedback on it. So um, the only way I know how to get it is through Audible, but maybe you have your other sources. I think it's wherever you get your audio books, it's available there. Um, so... I'm using this book in Choose Love this week and next week because this book is a personal inventory of how you have experienced who we were meant to experience God in each area of culture. You know, the way God originally intended is that these seven areas of culture that we call the seven mountains, scripture is clear about seven mountains, it's clear about these seven spirits of God, these aspects of who he is. And um, when we, if there was an ideal world, when we experience family or education or government, we were meant to actually experience it in such a healthy way that it acclimates our hearts to believe that, wow, there is a God who, in economy, he provides for us. In government, he has a better way of using his authority to serve and not abuse um, in education, he is he is the wisest teacher that there ever was. In family, he's our father, and 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 um, he loves us unconditionally. All these nuanced ways that he loves us were meant to be experienced mm -hmm. through each of these areas of culture. And mm -hmm. so, this book is so important. If you've if you've never read any of our books, or if you've never you've only read especially like the first one, Seven Mount Prophecy. Seven Mount Prophecy this one is so important because we can't show the world a God that we don't know. And we, we say this all the time, but Habakkuk 2.14, where is all of this headed? It's headed towards the knowledge of the glory of God filling the earth. As the waters cover the sea. And so who do we know him to be? Like if you are yeah. called to influence government, for example, but you are not familiar with right. this aspect of who God is as king and how he governs, then you're going to be easily sucked into corruption and, um, and rule the best broken way that us broken people know how to rule, which is usually pretty dysfunctional as we are seeing play out. Or just fighting against something. You know all the things wrong in government, so you're the anti-person. And, yeah. you know, we understand that there's a place for that, but an assignment on all these, as you, as you just pointed out in government, we have to be able to carry who he is, not just point out the enemy who's there. And so that requires some inductive study on who God is face by face, which is what comes out of this book. That's so different from any book... Uh, we've ever written or ever seen or heard about as well. So that's right. Yeah. And so 
in each of these areas of culture, ultimately, when we experience broken systems and broken areas of culture, we tend to believe lies. And we believe lies about God, about how the world was meant to work, which basically lie about the kingdom. And we believe lies about ourselves. And so this book and, and just reorienting your heart to who God is in each of these areas of culture um, helps you identify lies that you potentially believed and replace them with the truth. And, and when that truth switch goes on, then you find yourself being able to more easily, first of all, care about the issues mm -hmm. and then not feel hopeless about them, but you're like, oh, I know a God who has a solution for that. And, mm -hmm. and he's really good at this. And, you know, it's easier to access those solutions. Really good. So that's where I find myself right now. And that's what I'm doing in Choose Love is going through just reorienting our hearts by prayer, through prayer, just, just praying into each of these faces of who God is and reminding ourselves, you know, who he is as our father, who he is as our king, our teacher, our provider, um, etc. So I just want to challenge you guys, like be intentional to the degree that you're aware of the negative part of, of what's happening in the world right now. To that same degree, we have to like root ourselves in the truth of who God is, not just you know, generalities, but specifics. Um, and that will keep us encouraged and keep us hopeful and keep us connected to him. Really good. Um, really good. Let's see what else I was going to mention. Oh, so if you're not um, subscribed to Choose Love, it is yeah. free. And I will put in the description or the comments below the video where you can um, text the word choose love to an 800 number and then it'll immediately text you back and confirm that you've you've subscribed if you end up not liking it or getting too many texts you're not happy with whatever you change your mind then you can easily you know text back stop and it'll unsubscribe you um but what it does is it sends you a link in the mornings um to the audio and when you click on the link it takes you to an app called soundcloud this only works for those in the United States. So if you're in another country and you want to participate and choose love and subscribe, then you can't subscribe, but you can download the app called SoundCloud and um, follow Elizabeth Enlow. And, and then you'll be able to access directly into the app. It just won't remind you. You'll just have to go there each day and find it. But it's not available in any other language. It's not automatically translated anywhere or anything no. like that. So no, just you'll English. have to learn English first if you're in another country, but that's okay. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, I thought before we switch gears and I was going to kind of go into some of that scripture I was telling you yeah, about. Yeah. Um, would you want to just give them a little update on the Hispanic side of things from Faith and Freedom Coalition and where you feel like the Latin American... Um, nations are right now related to what's happening in the world? Well, what's what's good is there's an, an amazing awakening in Latin America to um, the need to, whether we call it to be reformers, step into the Seven Mountain Mandate, care about something else than just what happens in their local church, to think more kingdom than church. Um, all those things are happening. 
and you know it's connected to the pain of the moment. They are experiencing, in most cases, uh, much more severe pain than we are. There's been pain in America. There's been unnecessary deaths, loss of jobs, um, you know, loss of relationships, all kinds of things. There's been real, legitimate pain in the United States, but in general, it's been worse. Um, in other countries, they've had less cushion. They have less uh, nets of, uh, you know, help available to them. And so, if for instance, if you go back, I don't know what it would be, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, um, it, you know, it was something I found, The Seven Mountain Message, uh, you know, really the book in English was released 2008, like a year or two later in Spanish. Okay. And it, it was something that, it, you know, it took a while to gain any traction momentum. Well, you could say the same thing for, for the English one. And it was considered... Uh, just, I don't know, 90-something percent of the churches, the idea of that we need to get involved in government is like, you know, there was even some complaints. I love Johnny. His message is full of life and hope. And you can feel the Lord on it. But like in government, no, you know, we just got to leave that. That's the devil's house, whatever. And so obviously anything we leave in that kind of way, when he says, when Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, you are the light of the world, and you are the salt of the earth, and wherever you don't salt, it's going to rot and come trample you, then that explains why we're experiencing what we're experiencing. And so, uh, you know, there's privilege a couple of years ago to speak to uh, over 100 mega pastors from South America, and, and for them to acknowledge and come to me after as a pastor of a church of 100,000, just say, hey, uh, Johnny, 10 years ago, you were trying to tell us this. We didn't get it. He says, we get it now. We <laughs> thought... Um, how could we need anything else? We're huge. We have a lot of people. He says, but we had nobody trained for interacting with society. Nobody in the seven mountains. Nobody really with a strong nine to five call. It's all just church and who gets saved and, you know, whatever ministries are developing and happening from a church-centric perspective. So that awakening is fully happening. So we had several hundred. We uh, I don't remember what the final number is, but several hundred uh, Hispanics, most of them, 90-something percent leaders from their countries to come. And um, by leaders, I mean like 25 congressmen, senators, and uh, yeah, cabinet amazing. ministers, and, and president parties, and, and just very imp uh, influential people, but influential in bringing God into society. They're learning the language of the kingdom and, you know, bringing Christ into the public life. That's what our, our, our Spanish organization, CCPL, Christian Center for Public Life, is where we're teaching them how to bring God into the public life. So just in short, it, it, it was amazing. It was amazing to, um, to see uh, growth from a previ the previous year even. Yeah, true. And the passion for collaborating. You know, I was on with our executive director from CCPL and Carlos, who's really... Uh, co-executive director, Carlos Paredes, um, and going over, uh, we, we met for two hours and we just had to call it, but... Kind of debrief. <clears throat> debriefing from there, and, and so they were telling of all the people contacting and so excited and just blown wow. away with the event and the opportunity to be inspired by messages like 
it was a highlight for them as well to be able to listen to Donald Trump in person, yeah. uh, Kaylee McEnany, Mike Pompeo, Herschel Walker. Um, uh, you know, we had many, many, many very sharp African Americans, yeah. Mark Robinson, and and then Judge Janine. So it was just, and to hear person after person after person openly talk about faith and freedom yeah. uh, was inspiring for them. And then to connect with us and get some ideas on how to practically bring light, bring the kingdom into society um, and not just have a message of, you know, everything's going to, as you say, the, the speakers almost could leave you with, uh, yeah, you know, it's all, it's almost a 10 spy report. There are huge giants and they're killing us. And so that wasn't helpful to, so to get some, feedback, interaction, and some ideas and vision and inspiration on how to bring the Lord into practical areas of society was super encouraging for them, as well as for us, we enjoyed it. So, so just in case you're not aware of what CCPL is, what Johnny was just referring to, a few years ago, we were able to launch a program out of Restore 7, it's under the umbrella of Restore 7, called Christian Center for Public Life out of D.C., and uh, as you said, Herman Chica is the director, and he's amazing. He's just got such a servant heart, so wise. He's been involved in government for many years. Um, yeah, at the top of presidential level. Yeah, so. he's, yes. And um, so he and one of Johnny's closest friends, Carlos Paredes, who is also, just to orient you on our staff, Carlos Paredes and his wife Ruth are the Latin American directors for RISE. And they'll you'll be seeing more and more of them in the years to come as we launch RISE more and more. But the point with that is um, Christian Center for Public Life, the staff trains presidential and congressional level Hispanic candidates for running, for campaigning. And we, we work with um, them and their teams and prepare them for, you know, hopefully winning an election that they're going for um, in conservative values. And um, it's they've seen so much success. On top of that, they have worked with young adult leaders handpicked from just about every Hispanic nation over a hundred. Well, what we in fact, it? what we did is the the graduators that were able to make it. Uh, I think we had around 20 of them that made it to Nashville. They came from their countries. They had to go through all kinds of rigors and, and um, besides the financial sacrifice on their part and applying, you know, it's tough to get into our country right now and, and, and the vaccination issue and every other kind of thing. And so we were going to have about twice as many, but we just had our last class, uh, I think a 10 week course was 90 something, I think it was 96 of them from I forget the exact numbers. I can't remember. It's 20, 23, or 27 nations, but all of Central and South America. And as Elizabeth says, they were all handpicked by, uh, they were, even the people who handpicked them were important and involved in government. And so they had to be not more than 35 years old, already uh, success of some level in, in, in governmental ministry connection. And so Actually, part of our discussion today is how that is going to be more than the preparation of uh, presidential candidates and uh, Congress. We're really going to really focus on that. We're, that's that's that training program for young adults, yeah. young leaders, and that age yeah. and that age group. That, yeah, that's so that's, important. Yeah, those are the ones that you can really still 
you know, give them some training that uh, sticks and moves and they're not too set in their ways and all that kind of stuff. So it's good. And we gave them opportunity because at Faith and Freedom Coalition, we had a few of our own events um, the day before it started with the Hispanics. Yeah, four different events. And then certain windows of time in between the Faith and Freedom meetings, we had meetings with with many of these um, Hispanics that came in, these leaders, and um, were able to do some more training and hear from them. And to hear from these young adults... Oh, they were so sharp. I mean, so sharp. It It's just so encouraging. And I wanted you guys to know about that because this is a part, this is an aspect of Restore 7, and many of you support um, through prayer and through fi- finances, Restore 7. And um, we're literally impacting <laughs> Central and South America. I mean, they've seen what happened in Venezuela, and we're contending for that to be to be changed, but we're not letting these other nations go back the way that Venezuela went. And they went home encouraged, inspired, more equipped. And the relationships um, here, they don't feel alone. It, it was important, I think, for them to feel that connection and the support from an organization like Restore 7, but especially Faith and Freedom Coalition. And a big thank you to NILSA and yeah. Faith and Freedom Coalition because they graciously um, sponsored you know, many of us to um, attend this. Yeah, and we still consider uh, NILSA part of our Restore 7 team. And um, you know, kind of going along with your theme that you're speaking into and even kind of the introduction of questions like what's the Lord doing? What's happening? How do we orient, reorient ourselves? Part of reorienting is, um, you know, stepping out of helplessness, hopelessness, orphan mindset, you know, perhaps because I've been strong on the fact we both have that president Trump, um, anywhere from he was coming back to, he never really left. He's got a role. It kind of becomes quite obvious when you listen to him that he carries um, immense authority, governmental authority, like nobody, you know, just the lines you have to, We I think the line started at, for a nine o'clock event. It was presidential level security, for sure. The, so, the secret service is there yeah. and there are scores of them. And it's for hours. And you, you know, started in line at 6.30 for um, some people. And then you couldn't be getting in line past nine. And he doesn't come till 12 something. Uh, And so this is like, it's like, this is not just, um, you know, a former president. This is somebody who has a a lot of uh, present governmental authority. What I'm trying to say is, though I am known in a lot of circles for um, being the one that's making a point of President Trump coming back. You're now hearing from Elizabeth and what we're just talking, the questions, the line of questions she's bringing up. It's really what's our strongest point of emphasis. It's arise, shine stuff. It's uh, reformers influencing society every day. It's, yeah, we understand, we believe, we both believe that President Trump has a massive call and assignment, the Cyrus call, and and but we're not just you know, sitting back, uh, worried to death uh, and doing nothing. It's like, no, we arise and shine. God's going to take care of his, his part and includes his, his high assets for it. But he always responds more as he sees his people arising and shining with the Gideon's 300, whether it's all the people that we could, uh, 
bring up in scripture whether David and what released to the children of Israel, courage to all them, Moses 80 years old, him arising, and then that has uh, you know ramifications in a positive way for everybody else. So that's one of the ways we get encouraged right now, part of our reorienting to see him is what is he already doing. Yeah. And that's a lot of what we're telling you about what he's already doing, even in the midst of all kinds of um, serious, serious, seemingly on the precipice matters, we see God doing great things. Very good. Well, I um, wanted to encourage you guys with what's been an encouragement to me. The Lord surprised me a few years ago when I was preparing for, um, I think it was actually an Elijah List uh, conference that I was speaking at with you. And, you know, people expect to get a prophetic overview for the year from Johnny, but I, I like to get one for myself too. I hope that you do as well. It's great to hear from Johnny, but it's also good to get, you know, prophetically grounded yourself with things that the Lord wants to speak to you. And he surprised me that year and he didn't give me something for that year. He gave me this huge overview download of the previous decade, the decade we were heading into, and the decade after that. So like three decades worth of prophetic overview. And I didn't understand the importance of that at the time. Mm -hmm. I do now. And I think that just that in and of itself speaks something powerful to me. It speaks to me that we have to pace ourselves. Yeah. There is there is a rescue going on. There is um, there are suddenlies in God, but sometimes His suddenlies like are <laughs> hard to notice when you're actually in them because <laughs> it's like you know a ten year suddenly. And it, I think I can I think I can speak for both of us. There are a lot of aspects to what we're going through right now that if you had asked us over the last few years, we would have thought it would have happened a lot faster and a lot like, you know, that, that are more unfolding than being what we would think of as a sudden. No, definitely. And so it's helped me to remember what the Lord spoke to me a few years ago. And I think it would encourage you guys too. So I was just going to get a little bit yeah, into that. Okay. Um, so the way he showed me, you might have to help me with this a little bit, but I know that in um, the Hebrew calendar, it's fifty-seven eighty-two right now, right? I think you're. I think you're right. <laughs> or fifty-seven eighty-three, depending on what time of year it is. But basically, the fifty-seven eighties correspond yeah. to our twenty twenties, and the fifty-seven seventies in the Hebrew calendar corresponded to our twenty ten. Uh, up till 2020. Right? Up till 2020. Yeah, I'm not a numbers person. Anyway, and so then um, you get the idea, the correspondence there. And the Lord took me to the Psalms. I think he does that with a lot of us for the year. But um, what he showed me was this connection between Psalm 70, 71, 2, 3, all of the Psalm 70s um, with the previous decade that we had been through. And then he showed me, this was going into um, 2020, yeah, yeah. which was 5780, he showed me that it connected to Psalm 80, which means right now we're in Psalm 82. 
And so I'm not going to go into all of those. I, I do want to read Psalm 82 mm -hmm. um, before we finish up today. Mm -hmm. But just to kind of tell you, there's a theme in a lot of Bibles, you know, it'll tell you the theme for the each chapter of Psalms. But if you look into that, um, I wrote it down here. Basically, all of Psalm 70, 71, all the way up to Psalm 79, there is a theme um, about the enemy. And basically, if you read through all of those, it's very clear that this was a time that they were waking up to the reality of who the enemy was, that there was an enemy. Um, and out of that came this cry for relief from the enemy. God, save me from my enemy. You know, David's famous for those cries. And I believe that that during um, that corresponding time period, all the way up until um, 2020, if you look back, I think that was what was happening, like big picture wise for the body of Christ. We, we were waking up to the reality that we aren't each other's enemies, that um, people and broken people and the, the broken things that they do out of their brokenness doesn't make them the enemy. Mm -hmm. um, but there is one enemy, and that's Satan. Mm -hmm. But Satan uses broken people. And sometimes you can be so broken that you actually willingly give yourself over to partnering with evil and sometimes even partnering with Satan himself. And so I believe that, you know, we're really clear on that. As, as a generation, we're clear, generally speaking, in the body of Christ on who the enemy is and that there is um, more organization on the, in the enemy's camp than we realized. Mm -hmm. That, to me, was like a a wake up for yeah. us. At least I know it was for me. Mm -hmm. I knew there was an enemy. I knew Satan existed. I knew he had bad plans for all of us. But I did not understand how uh, he had worked yeah. with generation after generation and passed down this legacy of an agenda that is super organized, very intentional, and definitely, definitely like working a plan. Mm -hmm. So all of that we've been been waking up to. And then in uh, starting with Psalm 80 and going all the way up through Psalm 89, there is another theme. And the theme is a prayer for restoration. Prayer for restoration. Um, this year in particular is really a cry for justice. Mm -hmm which I think we can all relate to. And then next year um, is a cry to the Lord that he would deal with those who have conspired against us. I like that. Deal with those who have conspired against us. Um, the year after that, which would be 2024, an election year, is the theme for that, Psalm 84, is blessed. It is blessed to be in God's house. It's blessed to be in the courts of the Lord. And so I'm excited about what that will, mm -hmm. you know, unpack for us in that time. Um, 85, Psalm 85 is restore favor to the land. Psalm 86, great is his mercy. Like this is, 
this is where we're headed in the subsequent years. Psalm 87, um, Jerusalem, Israel, is a praise in the nations. Wow. So God's doing something significant, I believe, literally with, with Israel in these soon coming years. And then Psalm 88, an intense sadness, yet still crying out to God. And Psalm 89, God is faithful. Like we're going to leave this decade knowing how faithful God is. Amen. And so um, the just for those who are interested in the decade after that, the general theme is um, a, a theme of humility. And it's a realization of our need to be established. David just says over and over again in all of the, um, the 90s Psalms, establish me, God, establish us. And when you look into what that establishment means, it means accepted, establish the work of our hands, he says over and over and over again. And that means achieve permanent acceptance and recognition shown to be true. Ensure that one's remaining cards will be winners. I like it. So I would like that to be this year. Exactly. <laughs> but that's not, if if what the Lord has shown me, that's not like, that doesn't mean that's not going to happen in waves. But I think that, that he, you know, like a good father, he's not working on all things at one time. And he gives us ground at the pace that we can maintain um, that ground. Mm -hmm. And so... <laughs> It helps us to know like how to align our efforts and our expectations with what he's doing. And so for me, this helps because it's like, okay, not this decade, but the next decade, there's going to be a real focus on him causing us to be accepted and to achieve permanent acceptance and recognition. What that means to me, the way that I interpret that is that the work that's happening between now and that next decade is work that is going to cause the world to look at followers of Jesus and say, you know, you really, we really like what you bring to the table. We like how you are helping us solve issues and problems. We like the way that you're loving and serving. And I believe our, our reputation is going to begin to shift so much so that by by the, um, what would those corresponding years be? So now we're in 2022, it would be 2030s. So by, you know, in, yeah. in those years of the 2030s and, in, in, you know, really the, the next generation of leaders, I believe that our reputation is going to be so much more accepted um, in leadership positions. That excites me. For sure. And God, you know, God doesn't panic and what he's doing and what he's unfolding right now um, is positioning us for the long haul. We want to snap our fingers and just get comfortable again. We want things to just feel right again. And, and yeah, he's doing something so much bigger than just cleaning up our mess. He's establishing his kingdom here on earth. No, for sure. That's, that's really good. And there's going to be, don't misunderstand what she's saying. There's wins for this year. That's part of what yes. we're sharing with you already. There are already wins. There's going to be many more and some significant wins this year. 
but there's going to be ongoing need for more wins. That is part of a, been a realization for me as well. This part of, uh, yeah, think marathon rather yes. th than 50 yard dash, even yes. over this present, uh, you know, this present stage of where society is and the shift and the change, obviously till Jesus, the final wrap up, that's always, yeah, there's other things that have to happen as well, but there is, um, there is a, a promoting of his people and projecting of his people that you're speaking into coming into, we'll say the 2030s and, and where we start entering into a better fulfillment of Isaiah 60, nations will walk to the light of the sons exactly, of God. Exactly. Where there's been it, where there's now enough of us functioning in positions of influence, not because we're looking to do that, but because that's where the Lord says, I want you to show up. You know, if you're, um, the person that puts lights in a house, um, you want them in high places. That's where they serve a purpose. And so that's from the designer of the house, the builder. So and well said. He, he's the builder and he wants light. And Jesus in his first message says, you are the light of the world. So light cannot, you, you can't just prepare to function as light at the bottom of the mountains uh, in places of, we want to be there too. So it's not despising it. But the bottom of the mountains, we're talking in the, in the context of influence. We have to allow the Lord to prepare us. That connects with this rainbow God. We have to become better experts at who he is. Not just know him as redeemer. That's kind of our, we'll say, our theory of this book is mm -hmm. that we know who he is as savior. We know who he is as redeemer. We've been championing that forever. But that the Lord has begun revealing to us how he is, yeah. God is communicator in media. God is creator in arts and entertainment. God is teacher in education. God is provider. And there is a nuanced way of looking at him, pulling out scriptures and mm -hmm. finding other descriptives, Jehovah Jireh as provider. And so these become important, um, more than tools, important areas of growth for us, mm -hmm. for us to actually be this people that can uh, can functionally serve as light of the world because he says that's what he wants to do he wants his glory and his light to be seen on us so, so good. anyway all right to so you're recap, gonna read to us to recap oh. those those three decades 2010s previous decade that we came through is the realization of the enemy who the real enemy is and our position to the enemy we call evil evil we call good good we love people while we still say what you are promoting is evil. <laughs> um, 2020s, which we're in right now, is the realization of our need for restoration. Realizing your need is just so painful. This waking up process is, is just excruciating for so many people. And many of you, as you're waking up to the truth, and we're all on kind of different, um, you know, paces of that, you might be experiencing, you know, disconnection from family members and from, um, you know, work. Maybe you got fired because you didn't get the vaccine or, you know, there's just all kinds of places where people are, are really suffering right now from navigating all these issues and, you know, hang in there. Like, just, just know that it's not going to always be this way. I think, um, especially for women, like, we finally get far enough along in life. We wish we could tell our younger selves, 
you know, we hate change, but we also don't want things to stay the way they are. And, and so encourage yourself and say, you know, you can embrace change and God's not going to leave you stuck where you are. And he's always working on our behalf, even if something looks hopeless with a relationship or a situation with your, your finances and your job and or maybe your health, like God's not leaving you where you are. Change is coming and just, we just declare over you even now, like a yeah. grace, his enabling power to just stand and, and trust him and learn how to be held by him right now and, and refuse to just survive. Whatever thriving can look like for you in this season right now, choose to thrive. Yeah, it's good. Um, okay, and then the next decade, the 2030s, will be a realization of our need to be established and that acceptance coming. So I thought that I would just um, briefly read, read, read Psalm, Psalm 82. Yeah, it's just yeah. so much encouragement in there of what God's actually doing right now in ways that we can see and I'm sure in ways that we can't see. Before I read this, I even want to just say, like, for me personally, I know y'all get to hear from Johnny a lot on Elijah's streams and what he believes is is happening or going to be happening. I want to just say very clearly, and I'm willing to come back on here and say I was wrong, but I still very much believe um, that President Trump is going to be some form of reinstated or validated that it was a um, false election, fraudulent, fraudulent election. election. I was trying to figure out if it was safe to say that. I think we're I not on Facebook with this anymore. We'll just put it on Rumble or not on YouTube. YouTube is the one that was giving us a little hard time. Yeah. Um, but I do believe we are not just waiting for 2024. I, I do not believe that. I believe that that sure. there is still going to be like we're getting down to the wire, but I do believe that that God is rescuing us from the fraudulent election, and so that's where my heart is still standing and believing. And I would rather have to apologize than not be found in a place of faith. And for me, it's faith. I'm not saying that has to be that for you, but I feel like that's what God showed me early on, and I have to be true to what he showed me. And, yep. you know, I that's, that's where I'm at. Right on. All right, Psalm 82. This is from the Passion Translation, which I so appreciate right now, but it's good in different versions as well. Um, he titles it True Justice. Would you want to read this? Because I've been doing a lot of the talking. I think they'd love to hear you read this. All right. I like the first two words. All rise. Mm -hmm. Not just talking about our book and our ministry, Reformers Influencing Society Every Day, but it works. <laughs> it works with Isaiah 60, Arise, Shine. All rise, for God now comes to judge as he convenes heaven's courtroom. He judges every judge and rules in the midst of the gods, saying, How long will you judges refuse to listen to the voice of true justice and continue to corrupt what is right? Mm -hmm by judging in favor of the wrong. Defend the defenseless, the fatherless, and the forgotten, the disenfranchised, and the destitute. Your duty is to deliver the poor and the powerless. Yes. Liberate them from the grasp of the wicked. But you continue in your darkness and ignorance while the foundations of society are shaken to the core. 
definitely seems to be very apropos here. Didn't I commission you as judges, saying you are all like God, since you judge on my behalf? This is what the Supreme Court is doing, maybe in these days, regarding Roe versus Wade. You are all like sons of the Most High, my representatives. Nevertheless, in death, you are nothing but mere men. You will be laid in the ground like any prince, and you will die. All rise, for God now takes his place as judge of all the earth. Don't you know that everything and everyone belongs to him? The nations will be sifted in his hands. I want to read that last verse because yeah. I think that's really prophetically. It just has a resonance right now. Totally. Like, all rise, for God now takes his place as judge of all the earth. Don't you know that everything and everyone belongs to him. The nations will be sifted in his hands. And that's where Psalm 82 finishes. So that's really good. Man, I mean, I'll that read. just stirs me. I want to see what that verse says in um, the New King James Version. All right. Okay, I've got that my last... Bible upside down. There we go. <laughs> My Bible is like so huge because I spilt water on it years ago and it's so fluffed up. <laughs> but you've written too many things in there to be willing to change no, it No, I'm not going to get rid of it. Um, okay, that last to, verse yeah. in this translation is, Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you will inherit all nations. Mm. And that's I mean, that is, is that is the, that's, we go through, God's not the one that does this stuff to us. We're just reaping the consequences of sin in the earth. But God does use all of these things for our good. And our good is to wake up to a cry, a genuine cry within us collectively as society for God to rise and for God to judge the earth. When God judges it's right. Things get back into right standing with him and righteousness becomes our plumb line again. Um, it's good. So I, I think as painful as it is and as painful as it is to watch people that you love or people that you don't love from a distance, strangers, you know, we have to, we have to pace ourselves while we're all awakening to that cry within us. I always think about how God says he has prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. That means there's a feast he's inviting us to. And ultimately, what is what is a feast in the spirit realm? It's like, it's the knowledge of who he is. It's feasting on his goodness. It's seeing things rightly. And it's experiencing the benefits and blessings of his kingdom. So imagine all that laid out on a table and you got to have an appetite for that feast. Have you ever sat down to somebody wanting to feed you and you weren't hungry? You were already stuffed and full. It's like, it's, it's awful to try to eat when you're not hungry. I'm always hungry though, so I don't really relate to this. But, um, you know, he is allowing an appetite in us as a generation to increase to the level of what he is inviting us to feast on in the years to come. But we have to get hungry for what he wants to give us. And we have settled for all kinds of 
things that have satiated our hunger for lesser things than the kingdom. And it also takes a lot of nerve. That verse is an amazing verse. I've often um, chewed on it out of Psalm 23, obviously. The, the Lord is my shepherd. One, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. And so what does that mean? It's not just that he prepares it. You have to eat it. You have to eat the, what he's preparing while your enemies are looking at you. In the That's the nerve there. So the enemies... It didn't say he prepares a table before us after he's eliminated the enemies. <laughs> See what I'm saying? He prepares exactly. a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So we actually have to eat what he's serving. That's part of, I think, a message for us right now. There is a table he's preparing for us right now in the presence of our enemies. And that that table is not a table of panic. It's not a table of fear. And it is... You know, it's tasting of the Lord, taste and see that the Lord is good. It's feasting on knowledge of Him. And so we do that and we gain, you know, it takes nerve to do so. It takes faith, but then it grows nerve. It grows faith to be able to do that. And it's something the Lord, more than anything, it tells us this is something the Lord enjoys doing. Notice, He enjoys doing that more than preparing a table before us after the enemy has been, this is, this is not just there. That's the whole Passover. He had them have a meal, the Passover meal, before they ever got delivered. He loves preparing a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Well, Elizabeth, any last thing before we close here? We've gone, um, we've gone just right, probably. But um, I think this... it would be amazing for you to just pray over people. You know, everybody has their own struggles and temptations right now and um, fears and concerns. And sometimes you just need a, a, a father in the faith to just bless you in, in the midst of those battles. And I think it'd be great if we could do that. Well, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this time together. And we thank you that um, you are on the throne. And you're not on the throne in a passive role. You do want our interaction. As you rescue us, you want our participation. Mm -hmm. Israel was not allowed just to stay in their tents while you delivered them. They had to be moving. It's as they moved and as they moved towards their promised land that you took out their enemies. And this is a story for us at this time as well. You're saying, yeah, I'm rescuing you. But this is not a passive rescue from your standpoint. You are to move. Move with me. Move towards, move where you've not been before. Move towards promised land. Move towards the things that I'm giving you. So Lord, we, uh, we, get, we get strengthened in that right now, Lord. I just ask that your strength would be released now yes. to those who are watching this, yes. listening to this right now. They would even just sense your confidence, your hope, um, your presence, your favor, uh, your expectation um, as, as they listen right now. Lord, I just feel your presence just coming through us even right now, your presence going out over the airwaves. And we just thank you for that, Lord. You understand that it's been, this has been tough. This has been tough. The more awake you are in some ways, the tougher it is. When you're uh, too far asleep, it's a bad thing. But 
uh, when you're asleep, sometimes you don't really understand how much you are coming to deliver us from. And we thank you that though we're awake, many of us, most of us, we're awake, some to more levels than others. It is not to panic. It is not to be uh, frightened. It's not to respond like the children of Israel or the 10 spies did, but it's to embrace uh, even that spirit of Caleb, that spirit that really so pleased you, Lord. You said, my servant Caleb, there's a different spirit in him. He can see the challenges. He can see the huge sons of Anak, the giants, all the things coming down, um, the new attempts at releasing the next level pandemics, the next level control, famine, all these things that are projected and prognosticated. In the midst of that, Caleb could look and say, they will be bread for us. The challenges will be bread for us because this is a God journey. This is something God has us on. So we are secured in that, Lord, that you are taking us somewhere. This is an initiative of you. This is you leading us out of a place of bondage, of restriction, into a place where we really are able to carry your presence, your light, your solutions as never before. So thank you, Lord, for just releasing yeah. that kind of confidence to your sons and daughters. Yes. You are demanding more of us, not just to be survivors. Many have learned to be Christian survivors, but this is a time that you have called us higher. Mm. You're call, calling us to be Christian lights, Christian thrivers, not just Christian survivors. Mm -hmm. We thank you for releasing that to us now. Yes. Lord, we just uh, continue to agree for your purposes in our nation, for our nation, over our nation, for the nations that are represented, for those yes. that are listening, because we know from many other nations, they listen mm -hmm. as well. You listen and just know that um, whatever he's doing in the United States, again, we'll be a little United States centric when we're speaking here, but this is a lead domino situation where what you see of God's goodness being released here is something on its way. And in some cases you'll be ahead, but is he's God of all the nations. That verse you just read in the, whatever the new King James version is how he's coming after all the nations for inheritance. Mm -hmm. So this is our God going after your nation as his inheritance. This is why Jesus came, why he died. All authority in heaven and earth he declared as his own, and he gives it to us to further establish his kingdom on earth. So blessings on you in Jesus' name. The peace of the Lord reign in your hearts, and we look forward to our next time on Up for Discussion. Oh, you had something else. I just want to pray very quickly over those of you that are struggling physically. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I just feel like the Lord reminded me that you know, there has been an assault very intentional against our health as a generation. And um, a lot of our immune systems have taken a hit from all kinds of ways, anything from the ways they try to poison us to, um, you know, COVID or vaccines, whatever it is, I just feel to bless your immune system. And so if you feel like that's you, I just want to encourage you to just like, just by kind of an act of your will, just, just say, Lord, I open up every cell of my body right now to you. I open up my immune system to you. And I receive from you, Jesus, everything that you did for me in your death and resurrection. By your blood, I receive your healing into every cell of my body. And I tell every cell of my body to function the way it was originally created to function. 
I bless my immune system to detox anything that is not good for it and to be strengthened and revitalized in the name of Jesus. So we just bless you. And I just, I also feel to just, just remind you that, that Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit, there's so much compassion over you. Mm-hmm. He has so much compassion for you. He is in the trenches with you. You are not alone. It doesn't matter how it feels. You are not alone. He is with you. He is for you. And you may not be able to see it or feel it right now, but you will again. You will again. So right now, just choose to believe. As just an expression of your, your worship to the Lord, through gritted teeth, I still choose to believe that I am not alone, that you're with me, you're for me. And so allow that love and that compassion to just steady you, to just come like oil, that balm, that healing balm over your heart, over your mind, over your uh, physical body right now. We receive your reorientation for the whole of who we are. We just allow you to reorient us right now back to the truth. Amen. Back to the lover of our souls, the keeper of our hearts, the one who holds every moment of our lives in his faithful hands. Amen. In Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Amen. All right. See you next week. Thank you.